Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, 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 help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. Welcome to the Urban Homestead Radio. We are your hosts, Anise, Justin, Jordan. tuning in. It's summertime and the heat is on. This episode will focus on summertime here on the homestead. So and the issues and challenges we face. Yeah. And, and everything in between. <laughs> and then some. And then some. Yeah, there you go. A little bit of everything. So, so Justin, um, tell us what, what's, what's going on in the guard, summer garden. Well, I finally turned over most of the yard, probably three quarters into summer vegetables, about 75%. Um, still got a little bit of the spring salad mix going. Um, but with the heat, the tomatoes, the cucumbers, and the squash, it's almost you can see them grow every day because of the heat, they sort of exploded. So I'm having issues with trellising them. They're growing faster than I can trellis them. Um, also with the heat, the bagrata bugs came out been waiting for them and they made their grand appearance with the heat um, so that'll wipe out probably the rest of the salad mix in a few weeks our usual target date for our salad mix and the changeover is July 4th is a, a good target date for us to say that's the, the start of summer and the end of pretty much you don't get salad past yeah, that it's salad like mix and it's the heat is going to be on, and we're going to be. It's a salad mix, but it's not your. It's not it's your not 20, delicate green. Thirty different flavors, mm-hmm. different varieties. We'll have salad, but it won't be the twenty and thirty it's more different limited. mixes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a different kind of mix. So, uh, with the heat and then the bagrata, um, the salad mix changes, and we also limited. Limit it, it tends to go to more of the country the country club mm-hmm. versus uh, the farm box customers. Yeah. So we also had, uh, we put out a bunch of sticky, yellow sticky traps. We caught a bunch of uh, bad bugs. Um, I think I was a little bit late putting them out for the aphids. That sort of destroyed the I think that's been all a year, yeah. so just a little just late. Just a little late, <laughs> probably. The distortions were, were great, and year. then in a couple of days they were just like, was the black dead. aphids, they were brutal. Yeah, but usually they have the sticky traps out earlier, mm-hmm. but with everything going on, I was a little late on that, but they did catch, when I put them up, it did catch some stuff so it helps us out, which is basically a yellow sheet of paper with uh, glue, sticky <laughs> glue stuff on it. It's uh, I think you just for like pest management. It's very basic, very simple uh, way to control without spraying anything. 
Um, I think just to paint a little picture of those who are listening, you want to just say what the temperature has been for, um, like what's hot, what's hot for us. Yeah, I think it was 110 on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, mm-hmm. so just so people know how it is yeah. here. It's 110, 110 and then 97 yesterday and then like 95 today or something. Mm-hmm. So it's cool off tomorrow, but uh, we passed the solstice, the longest day. But it's going to be hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all dark. It's all yeah. dark now. <laughs> but yeah, I think people would often think like living in uh, California, it's like perfect weather all the time. But we do contend with the lack of water and the heat, and that's it. It's, it's been at least a week of over 100 mm-hmm. temperatures. But it's almost constant. What do you say? I mean, constant watering, but it's not constant in terms of 24/7. Mm-hmm. It just means on top the container plants dry up. The newly transplanted seedlings or soil blocks dry up, um, so we do have. You have to be on top of it. You miss, you miss a day or two, and they fry. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's hand watered, like I said. So um, the heat and the sun can really take a toll on some of the um, stuff. But it is the rest of the yard. The cucumbers love it. The tomatoes love it. The sunflower. The bell are looking good. Tramacino, <laughs> they're still looking good. You didn't jinx them yet. <laughs> no. That was the other. No, but they're also, by, by choice and by design, they're shaded a little bit from the afternoon sun because they are tendency to get sun scald um, if they're in total full sun, especially the heirloom varieties. Um, so we have a good mix. I don't know if I can wait long enough to them to turn color because mm-hmm. they're so nice, but... Mm-hmm. We started last week picking the first fruits of those, and then cucumbers coming in, tomatoes, figs, fighting the squirrel and the figs. <laughs> Squirrels eating the apricots and the figs. So Keeping the cat little... Oh, and excuse me, this is the first time I've seen parrots in the apricot tree yeah. because of the, the pecan, tree our got, neighbor's pecan yeah. tree is gone. Yeah. So we have, the we first have, time I've ever seen I've watched the cat. He's absolutely having conniption fits underneath the tree. <laughs> yeah, so squirrel, we have squirrel issues getting our first figs so there's a few on there and I have to when I'm out there I squirt them with some water mm-hmm. yeah and yes Pasadena does have parrots and that's a whole nother story in yeah, itself the wild parrots of Pasadena they're a you local legend you fly, fly over on some of the podcasts because they have the we've, they, we've, go, they go to their night home and they have a flight path we, uh, we forget about them because we live here and you'll be sitting with friends and parrots fly over and everybody like freezes it's like what's that it's like oh right there's parrots here mm-hmm. So that's unusual because to have them, in, first of all, there's a lot of them up there because <laughs> I didn't get a chance to prune it and then or thin them. Um, the irony was that they were about half ripe. We're very patriotic here. here. <laughs> in this neighborhood, they celebrate <laughs> both of July. No, no, like many weeks. It starts in June. Here in this neighborhood, 4th of July starts Sorry. in June. So we're, yes. Yeah, and then it'll July. go until the end of July. So 4th of oh, July, if everybody be, wants know, to know. It might ru- ruin another podcast if you yeah, have to true. realize it could go off. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, we're yeah, very we're, patriotic we're, in this yeah. neighborhood. They're we're illegal, by the way, but nobody cares. So. <laughs> we're a week from Fourth of July, so they're going off early. We have we we live right by the Rose Bowl, and the Rose Bowl has its fireworks okay, show, so. and it's 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 impressive. But the what's street, equally impressive is the street, street one that. There's one, two, one guy over the street, one street over, he can rival the Rose Bowl. <laughs> just don't. So we just yeah. watch. Passing a fire department. It's actually against the law, but. So um, we interrupted. <laughs> so I wanted to go actually go back to your IPM, Integrated Pest Management on 
because you touched on that integrated pest management on, on the garden. So what the challenges you're facing with pests um, and, and, and also maybe diseases um, and what people, uh, what works for you? Because like I said, not everything works for um, everybody because everybody's in a different location and different town and microclimates. But what, yeah. what's I think we touched on before was spider mites was our biggest, mm-hmm. has been our biggest issue um, of late, uh, last couple of years. So um, fortunately I haven't, it's still early. They like to come in later. Um, so I'm keeping my eye out for them. I just try, I gotta keep watch for them. If you catch it early, I take some of the leaves off and maybe spray some soap or something on it. But um, the thing we did see was Bagrata. We I saw some, sorry, striped, striped cucumber beetles on our cucumbers. So I have to figure out what to do with that. They sort of spread diseases among the cucumbers. Um, haven't really caused much damage, but I have seen them this week. Um, like I mentioned before, Bergrada is just a lost cause. Um, nothing organic so far has been able to control them. So we just stopped growing what they like. Um, the yellow sticky traps do come in handy for other things like aphids, um, thrips, and some other, I think there was some mullets or something. Sharpshooters. Sharpshooters. Sharp yeah, sharp a lot shooters. of sharpshooters this yeah. year. We have issues with the sharpshooters. Pest. Um, killed some of our grapes. grapes. Old grapes. Like oh, 10-year-old old, grapes? Yeah, they were thick, thick grapes. And they killed yeah. them. They took them out. So the That's yellow sticky traps did do that. Um, if I get time, I will spray copper on the cucumbers. Prevent organic, organic uh, army-listed copper, which will uh, delay mildew. It's delaying the inevitable. We mildew. <laughs> we just yeah. Mildew it's the cold California night sometimes that happens. In the cold deserts and then the hot things that condensates condensation on the leaves. So we have a losing battle with mildew. I just try to keep it at bay as long as possible. But we have a joke and we have a joke in the family. Like we'll look at a plant and it's like it's a mildew. No, it's mild done. Yeah, it's completely done. Is it mildew? No, it's done. It's mild done. It's unsavable. Yeah. <laughs> it that was a lot. That is lost cause. I haven't. Um, I sort of live with it, and then usually it's usually hits the younger plants, and then some of the tramacino squash doesn't really get hurt, it, hurt it, it looks it. bad sometimes but it actually is okay it soon survives zucchini and cucumbers are pretty rough on the mildew but the tramacino can get through the mildew stage they'll and have mildew good. and it'll still be okay yeah they'll look good all the way till december mm-hmm. it's quite irony yeah. um going back to what i said before interrupted by fireworks i think i was talking about the apricots were um about half ripe last week and i said i'll keep them on the tree one more week and they sort of semi turned dried into dried apricots. dried apricots on the tree <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with it but it's their Jordy can make wine out of it no, you can eat them they're you just not them. they're not they're moist just, they're, yeah they're, pretty they're not out. moist they're dry mm-hmm. so one week 110 degrees they sort of dried up i was waiting for them to turn off all apricot color but it looks like they're gonna be we had a problem with uh, um, pineapple guavas last year um, with the heat. They cooked actually on the tree. Yeah, actually the the pineapple guava is kind of weird because for the first couple of years we would cut them open, they'd be 
bright white? I don't know how you say bright creamy white. Creamy white? Like, um, like creamy. Like, 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 um, like, 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 with it's the like pudding, not pudding white, but it's not describing. Off white sounds like it's off. Yeah. But it's well, more it's like of a deli- um, uniformly deli- white. Deli- I would say uniformly white. Yeah. So they would, um, they would be like very uniform. But the last couple of years, of the beautiful pineapple guavas that we uh, expect to happen, mm-hmm. they turn like brown and mealy inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think one year we actually called the crop a failure because. It literally, the it was so hot and so humid, and the weather was so weird that the fruit cooked on the on the tree. It was like you opened them up, and it was like somebody had boiled them inside. Yeah. And so sometimes we lose fruit like that. So it, the pineapple guava is a lot more hit and miss this year, and um, it's not you know not much you can do about it. Um, we also have the mockingbirds. I watch them. They they steal the they steal the like the like the stamen or the pistol out of the middle of the fruit flowers because they're looking for the sweetness. Mm-hmm. And so that damages the, um, when they steal the middle of the flower out, it damages the um, pollination. So mockingbirds, they, I watch them, they, they eat the flowers of the guavas and, they, and it takes away all fruit. So we have a problem with the mockingbirds taking that. Also yes. the heat on the turns though. Mm-hmm. I think it might be the heat turns the, cooks the inside mm-hmm. of the guavas too. Yeah. So we're at the end of June and looking at the first week of July this weekend, what are you planting like for your success of planting in your soil blocks? What are you planting now for, you know, to, what to harvest you in two or three months' time? What are you planting now? Well, like I said, I'm behind if I haven't said that already. <laughs> I will mention it again. I am behind. And Model if anybody has any uh, suggestions for that, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. More time in the day. More hands. More hands. More help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody, I was talking to somebody on the phone. They said, "Are you? Is your place maximized?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Nope." Mm-hmm. I said, "What does that mean?" I said, "Well, depends on how much time you put into it, and that's how much mm-hmm. you'll get out of it." Mm-hmm. So, um, because we're understaffed and overworked, <laughs> um, we were probably operating at seventy-five percent. Of capacity That's impressive. Intake. But considering <laughs> considering things, and you know, so what the issue now is that we call it succession planting. I have some really three or four foot high cucumbers, four or five foot high tomatoes, and then I have really small cucumbers and no tomatoes. So um, there's going to be a gap. So I have to. Uh, what do you call it? Speed it up a little bit and get some staggering because then cucumbers and have a lifespan. What do you call it? Production that is up. Max yeah. maximum production and they peak. sort of peak. Yeah, yeah, peak production. And when they get old and thing, I usually start another batch every couple of weeks. But I have ones that are three feet, t- four feet tall, ones that are one foot tall, and I have none. So. This week or next week, I will turn over the rest of the salad mix and probably direct seed some cucumbers so I get some staggered succession harvest, which uh, will give us a, well, God willing, a continuous harvest of cucumbers thing. Because right now, we'll have a bunch of cucumbers and then there'll be a gap. So you're trying to uh, fill in the gaps with the good succession. So that, tomatoes, um, have to start the beans, pole beans, bush beans, 
Um, I was holding off on them for a bit because of spider mites. So I was hoping if I started them a little bit later, I wouldn't have so many issues with them. With the spider mites. So, but also, I talked about before is the trellising. If I, we sort of pieced together some old bamboo and trellises we bought years ago. Um, it works. Twine, we use a lot of twine. And Thing, but they're growing really fast mm -hmm. have that issue when with the garden speaking of the garden um and i can plug uh a little bit for here for the patrons um if you are a patron we do have a special group for them and um i think a week or so ago on we facebook? yeah um on facebook we sent them a three uh where they were able to get a 360 view uh, 360 view of the garden so and we're going to do that um, every, few every few weeks or months depending i, I probably got to do one now it's to changed, see change so if you're a patron you'll um we'll be sending special things and like i said the 360 view was recently uploaded to the patron only group so that's speaking of uh other things we and we recorded a um a podcast specifically about the oyas mm -hmm. which will get us through the summer which is the water um water saving uh, methods we use. So there, are, there will be a podcast um, specifically detailing all that and, and the facts. So um, since we go from the garden to there's the hot- There's one question about on thing, how did- Oh, it just came through, so. How to keep the pincher bugs from eating the bell peppers? Is that what it says? Is that the bell pepper? Yeah, there's a picture on Instagram, so we're just Who reading. Who the bell pepper? I did. <laughs> Justin, unfortunately, does not know what's going on in social media sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I'm He's just not. like, wait, well, there's a photo of what? <laughs> so, yeah, just somebody just posted, how do you keep the pincher bugs from eating holes in your bell pepper? That is a good question. Cause they do, they do. do we have pincher bugs? Yeah, earwigs. those are those earwigs. Ear, okay, they call them pincher bugs. They call them earwigs. Pincher, it's earwigs. AKA. Yeah. Earwigs, also known as pincher bugs. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> you have them off the ground. It's the pots, right? It could be the containers, also the, we do have damage caused by the earwigs, but mostly on Swiss chard, um, they, we call, I, they make Swiss cheese holes in the Swiss chard, um, so we do have pincher bugs, earwigs bothering Swiss chard, not so much on the peppers, for whatever reason, but they do, uh, we do tolerate them on the Swiss chard. Um, it's very hard to get a Swiss chard leaf without a hole in it. Mm -hmm. However, it is organic. It is natural. Um, we sort of live with that, quote, damage. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. It just has Swiss cheese holes in the Swiss chard. Um, not so much on the peppers, probably because they're in a pot and they're off the ground. Um, and they're quite high. But we do have issues with the Swiss chard. Mm -hmm. um, and we sort of live with them. The balance. Mm -hmm. um, we tolerate their damage. And then you were saying about the oyas. We got we got that patron. Yeah, I, have, I think I pretty much. Yeah. Said so that. then on, and then anything else you want to share? Uh, your turn. Okay, animals. So Jordan, <laughs> challenges with animals, poultry, aka, any you know domestic animals. Us. Uh, here, um, in the summertime Indeed, with the dogs, heat, yeah. So yeah, you definitely have to ducks. worry about. I mean, you, you know, whether and if you like pay attention, watch TV, or weather or anything, which you don't. But it's I always remember this comment where the weatherman would say, "Yo, it's going to be brutal out there. Watch your dogs and cats." 
So, I mean, most people should, you know, definitely give their pets, you know, some comfort, uh, watch over that, make sure they have water. Um, but I think people often forget about chickens because last year was a really hot, hot summer and I did get so many calls and people lost chickens. So, you know, heat stroke, just dying. And I was, it was a little upsetting to me because it, it shouldn't be. It was a lot of people. A lot of people losing chickens. They were dying just because of the heat. Heat stroke and, you know, so I mean, I think one lady, I actually have a couple of chickens that I adopted because the rest of the flock died of heat stroke. So there would be like one lone chicken and the lady would say, look, could you take it? Because it's lonely. And I, I took a couple of chickens that way. Um, but it's really upsetting because it should not happen. So one thing people have to, if you have chickens, you know, take care of your dog and cat. You know, give them a cool place and a chillo or something. I'll put ice in the bowl because, um, you know, they can overheat, you know. Because they don't have AC. Yeah, if you don't have um, air conditioning. But chickens, they can get heat stroke. If you don't have, number one, water. One of one of um, regular things we have to do, until you have come a better system, you can have, you know, actually uh, water-fed systems where it's tied into the plumbing. But you want to make sure they don't run out of water. So if you lose, so if you if you leave to work, if you leave to work and and you know don't don't expect that you know two gallon water to actually stay full. Um, there was one five chickens, five full grown chickens. It might be there might be a little leak, but five full grown chickens have been drinking. Um, what is it? What did you call I think it? it's like two gallon. Two gallon. But I fill it halfway because I. Yeah, two gallon water. I, so I had gallon. like one really 110 degree day. I had to fill it up three times, and you just have to be aware of that. You could put ice in it so that it cool uh, makes it cool, but you definitely don't want it too cold because. You can give them frozen treats. You can give them frozen treats. Water there's a lot of in. there's a lot of um, recipes online. Frozen treats where you freeze the water or you give them something to peck. But the most important thing is how you set up your chicken house or your chicken coop they need both sun and they need shade and some people put them like in the sun and then they, they have no place to find if they're confined they have no place to find relief and the other thing would be they need dirt and dust bathing they will find coolness by digging into the soil and, and fluffing that dirt into their feathers and that cools them down because they're actually getting the coolness against their skin. So often, you know, I'll read a book or read an article and it says, oh, you know, how to raise chickens, you know, pour a nice concrete floor and put straw on top and it's, that's not what you want. You, they need access to dirt and they need access to dust, not only to keep their feathers clean and to keep lice and mites away, but they, like, I'll walk in the backyard and it's like all these divots every chicken in a divot and they're just sitting there rolling in the in the cold dark well, sometimes like they're, they're passed out but. yeah and so one of the things i do if i'm around is i'll take the hose and i'll spray the walls around the coop or i'll spray like the the covering above the area spray the trees in the coop and i will actually not make it muddy but i'll spray the soil that they're dust bathing they'll all go running but i'll spray that soil because what it does is just they start laying deeper into that cool cool so um dirt and that's one thing that has to be uh, emphasized that chickens can die of heat stroke I'm anticipating some calls this year um, you also want to be highly aware of any wounds on your chickens um, whether 
if they have because sometimes the sun and the heat can cause them to have not so much like diarrhea but the, they don't have like more solid poop they can get a little bit runny just because of the heat stresses them out so the stress often causes them to maybe get a little messy on the backside and if you don't check it and don't watch it um, you can actually cause a condition called fly strike which is there's a there's a fly that exists called the green bottle fly that actually will lay maggots on live animals and the, an the maggots will eat the animal a live animal and I've seen a couple instances I've had people call about this where a un unchecked wound was left uncovered fly landed laid eggs in it and generally the chicken was eaten alive by maggots so the summertime I get a little nervous um, during the really like the hot and the damp when humid. it gets a little humid mm -hmm. I start seeing those green bottle flies around and I just want to like murder them because mm -hmm. I know what kind of damage they can do I've seen it it's pretty it's one of the most horrific experiences we somebody can go through problem with that, but the chicken I mean chickens don't actually sweat no, chickens don't sweat. Because mm -mm. they only sweat through the... Through the skin part, which would be like the waddles. They, that's how they, they put off the transpiration of heat. So figure a bird with feathers, mm -hmm. it's going to be hot. Mm -hmm. so and they fluff themselves to try to cool off. Cool off but no, they actually pant. They, they like, pant. Yeah, they pant, and that causes them to drink more water. They had that issue with the, somebody was on vacation one time, and the water drained. Mm -hmm. I think you were up there, and you went up there to... And it was like, oh, no water yeah. at all. Yeah. Because the water was, they had burrowed under the. Oh, right. I remember that. Yes. I was uh, hired to go check a, neighbor, uh, a friend's chickens. They were on vacation. And they had a system. They had a system where the water was tied to the plumbing. So it was kind of filled up. But I had arrived. This was, yeah, this was this last summer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I arrived and I looked I took one look at the chickens and I ran into full panic mode. I actually grabbed three of the chickens and dunked them in water. So they were they were actually a couple minutes away from dying. So I, I just I walked up and I looked took one look and I said, No. So three of the chickens I actually had to fill up water and I just smashed them in water and just dunked them a couple times. It's, I think you I saved Yeah, I saved their life. You have to kinda of shock them back from heat stroke. And um it worked for you, man. Yeah, it worked. It, I saved the chickens, but what happened was what my brother Justin was saying was they had a water and it worked, oh, but man. chickens, because it, it dripped a little bit, they were drawn to that cool dirt, so they kept burrowing underneath and rolling it and making bigger, bigger divot under the water, and they actually could not reach the water because they had dug underneath trying to cool down that the they lowered the water. Suspended, yeah, suspended, right? It was suspended, so they had lowered the soil underneath. So none of the chickens could drink, get up to actually drink, and Sorry. I was like, "Wow, that was disastrous." Yeah. Could have been. But you don't think about it. You don't think about, it. and I was like, "Wow, they." they well, no, here's the guy. The guy that was looking after the chickens at house set. He kept he filling just, up the water. He he did his job. He filled up the water. Yeah. He the guy because I was coming in. The, the guy was house sitting, was filling up the water, filling up the food. But I was hired to come in a couple of times to make sure everything was okay. And I walked in, and there was at least three yeah, or four chickens no, uh, minutes that. away from dying. You don't think about that. Mm -hmm. So those, they, I saved those guys, and I just generally sprayed down everything. And then so I had to put. We have shade cloth. We have trees. Mm -hmm. A little bit of sun. We have uh, plastic covering mm -hmm. for the rain, mm -hmm. and then like a little bit of everything. Right. What I would recommend if to prevent that is uh, what I'm doing at the where the rescue chickens are 
is to actually build, attach a, a platform, a stable platform above the soil level. Chickens can bury underneath it and get the cool from the dripping water that, you know, gets splashed out. Build a stable platform, put the water on top of that. So if the soil moves and everything, they can jump up on this platform and always access the water. That will keep you from having whatever happened at that friend's house mm -hmm. and because that, that it was it was bad and, and they had heat stroke and, and well, saved them that was a good that was a good but a lot of people other people had uh, bad bad and and then you want to do it the same for ducks ducks have a lot of down and insulation they can they can overheat easily but, wa water. yeah they do sit in the water and they 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 run you know they they like when we spray mm -hmm. down they like to go under the spray mm -hmm. and then um mentioned flies so what's our um What's our remedy for fly? I did get a um, recyclable, um, sort of like a, it's like almost like a glass, almost like an extra large canning jar that can be reused so that you fill up with yeast. Any other suggestions? And then there's for the disposable ones, mm -hmm. the standard disposable ones. Mm -hmm. They can get quite pricey. There's also uh, fly parasites. Mm -hmm. Um, they do work. If you do them right, you don't do them once. You have to do we a did whole regimen. No, they it do worked. work. If you have the money and you have the thing, it's great. They're quite pricey, but they will. Long term, it's it's good. Long term, um, I have to say, surprisingly, when you come and have a potluck here at the homestead and and food, there's couple, minimal. minimal. I, I truly I've believe that's because. Yeah. The long term, what mm -hmm. we've done. Yeah, because I've gone to other people's homes, which are have no animals, no, no garden. I mean, no not garden in sense like farm. farm garden, no compost, no, and and literally swarming with flies. So, and then when I come to here, I'm like, wow. Yeah. There is a the, there is a difference. The fly even, parasites Even downtown do Pasadena, you're you're bugged by flies out in in some parts. Fly so. parasites, fly traps, frequent things, and then. You sprinkle stuff in the coop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the di diatomaceous earth. Mm -hmm. um, you can do. Uh, there's a company, Sweet PDZ, which is good, but it's um, pricey. I just tend to do diatomaceous earth. You wanna, um, you wanna do. You want to do long, you know, you do want to do it long term. I think it's like many Not years of doing, done, yeah. yeah, many years of doing fly parasites definitely helped. I would do it again this year when we get a little bit better financially, when you can have the finances to do that. They were quite pricey. Yeah, they're pricey, but they work, and I, I definitely recommend them, and hopefully we can get that to that again. Um, so, yeah, check your animals. Watch for flies. Watch the backside of your chickens. Make sure everything's clean. Don't shade. just, yeah, don't just look at them and say everything's great. I actually examine. If you see something wrong. Um, sauerkraut could also happen to you. Yeah, sauerkraut where just the chicken gets stressed. I actually was texting with uh, one of this this gentleman that I work with. Oh yeah, he was texting you. He was, was, like, he was sending. Jordy was like sitting there lo looking, looking intently at four eggs in a skillet. And I'm like, why are you looking <laughs> on at- On a photo on my phone. Why are you looking at eggs on this in a skillet? I mean, like, what's the, it's not like it's- yeah. So he's texting me pictures of his, the eggs that he was getting from his chickens. And some of them look pretty rough. and. I, you know, I, I told him about if it continues, you know, <coughs> definitely get back to me. But when a chicken is stressed in the heat, the eggs tend to kind of either just not walk out too well. And, he, you know, he, he agreed. Mm -hmm. It, it, it kind of uh, settled they're itself edible, out. Right? No. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're like either a little bit just like well, not as strong. They're just a little stressed. And what's the trick if people want to know if the eggs are good or not? Uh, you want to float them. 
Right? And yeah, and yeah, float them. So if they float, that's bad. If if they sink, they're okay. Mm -hmm. If they stand up, they're a little bit older. If they're kind of hovering, you can still eat them. But the bad ones, we don't throw them away. We just tend to like feed them to the dog or back to the chickens. Yeah, hard boil them. Yeah, it's um. You want, and also just realize your chickens are gonna stop laying in the heat. Mm -hmm. They they need a break. It's very very stressful, and um. Just go with it and uh, let the animal let the animals rest. They'll they'll start laying when they're they're ready again. And um, not only have heat issues with the veggies and things, have heat issues with the animals. So, um, but I think yeah. yeah what do you do about like um? And then there's the bees with the heat. They start to get with you. You have to you have to keep an eye on them. Yeah, they're also getting the. Beehive, the bees are filling up because of the good rainfall. We have a lot of a lot of bees, and they are multiplying. So that's a good thing. But they also, with the heat, they will also. Uh, it's called bearding. They will hang outside mm -hmm. uh, the hive because it's too hot. So when that happens, you know that the hive is quite crowded. Figure they'll start fanning themselves. You can smell the honey. It actually smells really good. It smells really good, and but you can know that yeah, they're the fanning. they're also stressed out. So a little bit of shade on their on the hives will help them, and also more space in a beehive. So if mm -hmm. you notice some things, I got my bee equipment here because I have to go and do that to ours because um, they are getting quite crowded. Um, to add an extra box or two, or split them up. They will be hanging, especially on these hot nights, they'll be hanging outside, fanning themselves. And basically, they exert a lot of energy to cool themselves, and obviously the more they beat their wings, the, the less they live, they yeah, live longer they, life. Yeah. So if they can keep them cool, they will live longer. But they seem to be doing okay. I have to get in there, uh, split them or divide them or whatever. Yeah. So um, They also need water. Mm -hmm bees they need water them. so that when I water or we used to have that shallow, shallow thing they would we put actually rocks in it so we put rocks in the shallow well the best thing is that that sand oh yeah, yeah. The sand. so they, they when I water the yard or wherever thing they'll be there drinking the water so bees also need give a your place bees to some water, water. Yeah. I mean if you live in a place put out some things for water the bees uh, they have them at the poolside yeah. people that People with pools notice there's the bees in the summertime They're really drinking thirsty out there, out there and they need drinking help. out of their pool. Um, the wild really birds always drop down for the for the water, They'll so drink we have out a bird, the bird bath. bath. Yeah, they drink out of things. So bees need water. Bees need shade too, and ventilation, and so all all that stuff. And you have to check on ants too. With, right, because the ant because then they're they're making honey and then honey yeah, attracts then ants. 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 So and the ant issues. Cinnamon, DE, or our water moats keep the ants off the bees. Um, after, you have to top, fill them up, also veggie oil or something, they put them in the... You sometimes have sticky traps around their legs. Yeah, also mm -hmm. do sticky, what do you call it? Sticky, sticky tangle? Tanglefoot. Tanglefoot. Tangle on the legs of the beehive thing to keep the... And I, I did chickens and the bees, but, you know... Um, I was talking to a friend today, and she got two rabbits, and yeah, so mammals, rabbits, if you have rabbits, definitely, uh, 
looking to, to get, keep them cool and goats and other things like that. So. So anything else? Yeah, your turn. Uh, yeah, no, it's now your turn. How are you keeping cool in the kitchen? Because I walked in one time and you were like canning. So in Nisi's idea of fun in the summer <laughs> it's a sauna. is to can. It's not my idea of fun. It's because it's um, a lot of fruit. Well, a lot of, fr like, a lot of harvest happens in the summer. Yeah, and it's hot. I tell the story, and speaking of which, I have our first workshop in about what, seven months um, coming up this this Thursday in a couple days. Yeah, I'm probably longer than that. Right? Eight. Dad, see, if Thanksgiving, then Dad died in December. Wait, where's, how many yeah, months is that? Eight, yeah, eight probably nine eight, months. nine months. So this will be the first workshop, so we're getting back a groove of that. And, and I tell the story, like, you know, hi, my name is, you know, and I'm a canaholic. Cause, well, and I tell how I got into canning is because the garden was producing so much, you can only eat so much fresh. What do I did with, do with all this stuff? So that's how my forays into canning started. But, um, so yeah, and hence... It's summertime and, Matt, and a lot of, a lot of fruits going. And Justin's like, mad scientist with the flavors. And yeah, and you're mad scientist, but then you're like, you get, you get fruit from this guy and bring. Oh, I have Cable fruit, and then, and then I look at him going, I have to do something with it. So you know, it was 100 degrees and she made <laughs> 72 jars 70. of jam. <laughs> and she didn't pass seen. out, so um, the jam was pretty good though. Yeah, so <laughs> jam was really good. We don't know. We just eat it. Yeah, so that's. Your idea of fun, right? That's my idea of what needs to be done. That's what I'm it helps sometimes when you have people and you can sit outside. And, and I put on my favorite playlist and blast music. <laughs> canning playlist. If anybody has a canning playlist they like to share, you can it's share Pandora. with me. But yeah. yeah, it's Pandora. My recent thing was the 90s. Sort of nostalgic for the 90s for some reason now. So uh, it was blasting 90s music. We have we have canned outside though too. Yeah, canned outside. One of the 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 workshop's gonna be outside, and so actually we're going to film possibly the workshop and record the workshop. So that will be something for the members coming up, and have hopefully that's more workshops to come. But and then yeah, and then so so in all canning, all the summer vegetables are coming in. So and. We love salad, so we've been doing uh, the cucumber, basil, and, and amazing salads, which feed whoever shows up at the homestead. Anybody shows up at the homestead, they get fed. Careful with that one. Yeah, I know. Be careful with that one. So <laughs> when and you come, and they never leave. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just let. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of people with that I one. Know, so yes. you guys never leave. But <laughs> it's probably you might have to edit that part out. Yeah, but. I know. <laughs> so, discretion. But you come, yeah, I feed you. But um, so if I you're a friend, we feed you. Yeah, so if we know you. actually today. <laughs> So there was somebody at the homestead, and I fed them, um, made a quiche with the, the chicken eggs, and had a salad, and she just was so going on and on about the salad, and it's nothing really... On a scale of 1 to 10. She said on a scale of 1 to 10, this meal was a 15, so... <laughs> I was like, okay. And it, like I said, it was easy to make. It took me half an hour, if barely, if at that. Well, also with the heat, you don't want to cook that I don't want to cook that much, so I want something simple, something avocado feeling. Avocado sandwich, avocado cucumber sandwich. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of juice, uh, shakes, juicy. Juicy. Um, that, and, uh, yeah, a lot of salads. Uh, oh, our favorites, um, summertime drink, one of Jordan's uh, <laughs> it, it happened by It happened by accident. So we what's doing that one? A, We were doing a farm dinner, and when we did the hoot nannies, it was just generally, what do we have? And I would make drinks according to what existed or what needed to get done and one of my favorite things well it takes a long time but um 
is to, to juice cucumbers, and there's a way of doing it that I try to do it fast because there comes a point where Justin can't sell them anymore. You know, they're not they're well, not they, rubbery. They, they no, just kind of some of them also get old. Yeah, they get a little. Pithy. I miss them mm-hmm. because they're they're um, they get what do you call it seedy? Yeah, pithy. It. I think like Pith- mealy kind of bit. Yeah, if I miss them and don't pick them and so. You know, my, the hoot nanny, all the drinks would go according to what we had in the garden. But there was one farm dinner. I think it might have been in the middle of August or something. And um, you know, I have to make a drink for the for for the people. And I think it was just like Justin came in and says, "This is what I have," and he like put everything down. And I'm like, "All right." So I made this cucumber lemon basil. Um, sparkle. Yeah, sparkle. And I don't exactly know the recipe. I just made it. I said that tastes good and served it and. I think it was like, how many people? A year later, people still remember. They just said that drink, you know, and I was like, okay. And people were asking when I was serving, what's this drink? What's the recipe? And I'm just like, I can't tell you. (laughs) I just made it. And, and, you know, so I kind of made this joke like, if I told you, I'd have to kill you with secret or something. But, um. Lemon, basil, and. Yeah, lemon, yeah, it was club soda, lemon, and cucumber. And just made it and just mixed it together to taste. And it was kind of like a rave. People just kept going on and on about it so um it was a bit much i can't tell you exactly i mean i really should sit down and make it maybe we could do that for our patrons i could but i would just say my my lemonade recipe that i base everything off would be like four cups of lemonade to 12 cups cups of water and two and two thirds cup of sugar or two cups of honey and you want to not put the honey in when it's cold you want to warm it up and and whisk it in um as for what the basil and the cucumber happened there, I can't tell you. I'll, I'll make it and I'll recreate it. So I, but how I do you would choose do, basil? <laughs> I would do, well, you make a basil simple syrup. And a lot of, there's a lot of recipes on there. It's just like one cup of sugar, one cup of, um, you know, water. And then they have a recipe for like how much basil you put in it. But I just like the more basil, the better. I just like stuff it in the container and it boil down. Then I stuff more in the container and boil it down. But when you do make the basil simple syrup and you make the lemonade and you're trying to make the mix, definitely you take out the sugar. So I use it as the sugar substitute. So if I make the lemonade, I'm adding basil. Then it's two cups of simple syrup because otherwise it'd be way, way too sweet. If you do the sugar and yeah. You strain the basil off. Mm-hmm. So... I do the. I actually don't just do the leaves. I do the stems and everything, and the flowers. I'll just take whatever you know, Justin packs down a bed, and I just keep stuffing it in there and just cooking it down, cooking it down, and I make this really, really thick syrup. And it has to not taste so much like sugar. It has to taste strongly like basil, because I don't like things that are yeah. sweet. And I think that's what people appreciate. I, I like mm-hmm. let the fruit or whatever I'm doing is like I don't make it just like sugar water Mm -hmm. so if you do make the lemonade and you want to add basil to it replace the sugar with the basil simple syrup that you make um and that and then uh, how much cucumber actually did i don't know i have to actually Mm -hmm. tune in a later podcast Mm -hmm. i'll come up with the recipe exactly what happened there um i've i've actually recreated a couple times since but I still haven't measured it. <laughs> I just so made pretty, it. It's pretty good yeah. stuff yeah. because the cool cu- cucumber is refreshing, mm-hmm. lemonade's refreshing, and the cup soda adds a bit of sparkle. Yeah, it kind of gives you those little bubbles. Mm-hmm. In the summertime, it helps. With the, and um, yeah, and I, I pretty much make a lot of stuff um, based off a of simple syrup. Like if you're doing the rose petal lemonade, it's a lemon simple syrup, lemon verbena, uh, mint. You just 
kind of replace the sugar. You can actually also do it with honey. I just do sugar sometimes because um, it kind of makes that simple syrup better. And um, the bartender wanted a basil syrup too. Right? right, I forgot about that. Yeah, she ordered. Yeah, she ordered it. Oh, when did yeah. she want it? She ordered it for today. I don't no, know. She says. Tuesday. That's why she says when oh. I make it, let her know. She's like that stuff is so amazing. The basil syrup. I forgot syrup she ordered a lot last year too. She she asked me. We have a lot of basil. She says you make syrups, I'll buy it, and I just okay. I forgot. Yeah. Put it on the list to do. To do list. Really, we it. have a lot. One, two, three. Three, four, five beds of basil, so knock yourself out. Yeah, I like using basil. I made a, for the pot, pot, um, podcast party, people raved over a couple things, was the salad, which was a cucumber, some very simple, cucumber, lettuce, and basil. That was it. People went bonkers over it, and I said, well, I guess it's just the basil. They're like, what's in this? And like, I guess it's the basil. Salad. But I use purple basil. I don't know why, because I like the pretty, is like the contrast between the purple you and the green. With your eyes. I eat, yeah, I know. I figured we eat with our Maybe it does. Maybe that was the purple basil. Maybe that was unique. And I thought it was pretty because of the green and purple clashing. And then we d um, did the, um, I did a, um, and I posted a picture on Facebook and I think Instagram. It was a fruit salad with the peaches, nectarines, and apricots. Put basil on it too. I put, no, this one I put, um, mm -hmm. I cut up rose petals and mint and drizzled with and honey. drizzled with honey and lemon and everybody went bonkers over that very simple um, I think and then be your recipe in the name of your recipe book the bonkers right. cook and so and then like i said that's why i liked when we say what do you you know what do you do it's like what okay no what cook, do we have no cooking i'll ask justin what do you have and he'll make me he'll say okay this is what we have and mm -hmm. um, and so and like for the jams this their last or the the day that i did you know 72 mm -hmm. jars and that was actually, I have to say, that was Father's Day, and I think I kept busy on that day too. So that was, it was, it was one of those days where it was doing doing work, so you get didn't get all mine up. So, and I did get a lot of work done. Um, and I had to get, actually, also dual purpose was, and because a week from after the Father's Day was the um, New Horizon Arts, the school next door had a fair, and I had to sell jam. So I did so double do I needed to. Um, I did a lot of nectarine because Sergio brought a lot of nectarines. Um, and one of the nectarines he brought was a white um, snow, a white is it snow queen nectarine yeah. or snow? Well, well ne white nectarine, and it was so it was so amazing. It was like a, a lot of flavors. I how to describe it. it? Tasted like rose. Tasted like wine. Tasted like um, just a lot of flavors. So what I did is I took that one, and I actually put some rose petals in it and some cardamom. So. That was, I really like that one. That one turned out really good. Um, and I keep jams simple because I'm always making, I try to make a case of, well, a case would be 12. Try to make 12, you know, batch. When it, bat, you know, like a batch would be 12 jars, 12 um, half pint jars. And so my standard one that I usually go with all the time is eight cups of fruit to, to six cups of sugar because I don't use any pectin. I need more sugar to make the, the fruit set. So I, people say one cup to one cup, but I think with the organic fruit and it's, and it's so local, I've got, I want the fruit to speak to itself, but then I don't want to do too too low that you don't have gel and, and also sugar as a preservation, pre preservative. So I figure my ratio is eight cups of the fruit to six cups of sugar is pretty and no decent. Pepper. And I put a juice of one lemon because we need that in there. So that's like my basic go-to 
um, like a standard thing and then I can you know that I can um, tweak from there like if I do half maybe four cups of strawberries to four cups of peaches and then or add if I add um, rosemary or whatever then the flavors then I can tweak mm -hmm. that but that's my so base strawberry nectarine white rose nectarine mm -hmm. oh no white nectarine rose. I need nectarine jalapeno nectarine jalapeno mm -hmm. Apricot, right? It did apricot. Um, so and straight strawberry. Straight strawberry. And then another thing was... Well, Naval, did she bring you all those Seville oranges? Yeah, the neighbor brought Seville oranges, which I have to... Still sitting there, and i got to get to that. And I, I think she, she brings cognac yeah, for that, Yeah, she right? wants me to put that She in wants there. to do cognac. So what, yeah, so what our arrangement is, and with some other people too, is they bring me the fruit, and they don't really want anything except they want a couple jars. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I'll do that for people... Um, was it cognac? Cognac? Yeah, cognac that's what she does And then, um, and with, we just interviewed Mark McAfee with Organic Pastures, which I'm super excited over their short um, code um, product, which is the, instead of the things that go to the, their, their products that goes to the farmer's market or the stores, instead of yeah, going back, yeah, that's half their shelf life. Instead of going back to Fresno where his um, dairy farm is, they're going to, they share their, they'll sell them off for um, half price. It's, and well, actually we got short, short code um, this weekend and we got $4. We've paid for $4 for a gallon of raw milk. I was like, whoa. So that was like, yogurt? so I was like, yay. So um, went to got my non-electric uh, yogurt maker out and uh, made um, some raw yogurt. So, and so with that, it's like, I'm not going to pay and, you know, I'll pay, you know, decent price for drinking milk, but we don't drink much milk anyways. But it's like, this is perfect for yogurt and keepers and stuff. So I'm going to start getting that milk back cake. with. Yeah. It's affordable and I can, we can afford to make yogurt and keeper with that so I'm, I'm real thrilled with that program and so I'll be doing more uh, definitely more yogurt and kefir in the works uh, especially with you know our berries I have a lot of frozen our blackberries did well so I did a lot froze a lot of them for our smoothies we need sometimes it just the summer it really even though we eat quote healthy or light light there's some days you just seem to drag and you need something so I'll whip up a smoothie with all sorts of goodies in it to kind of give us the energy boost. Because um, yeah, you can we can you can and there's like switchel too for switchel you can keep because you can you, you can drink, drink all the well, water you see, want. You have to sometimes drink switchel to have molasses. Yeah, you need that acid. Acid. Apple acid. Cider. Cider. Yeah. Um, Justin, there was one time, I think last year he was actually. We drink a lot of water, but Justin was actually starting to not feel well, and what happened was he was, he sweats so much and he drinks so much water that he was actually depleting his body of salt. So He's you definitely want to watch out for that. You know, it's you can actually drink you too much water. You can OD on water. You can OD on water. He got, he was actually having was like oh man, so he got you know he got some salt stuff, but um, so sometimes drinking drinking apple cider vinegar helps with that. Mm -hmm. And you want to, you know, look that up. I think it's like a teaspoon of some water. Yeah, Switchel. It's like they, the hairs back in the, the days. Old fashioned, old fashioned farming. energy drink before Gatorade. <laughs> Pre Gatorade. You can do it with kombucha. Yeah, you can do that. You can make Switchel with kombucha, mm -hmm. but it's, it's the electrolytes without. 
it being processed or chemicalized. Yeah, and then okay. protect. And yeah. you could do uh, water kefirs. Soda oh water. yeah, water ke soda water kefirs. Mm -hmm. I have to do that to get back into that. Yeah, I had them. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things we got into, then things happened, and now it's like, okay, now we gotta get back, and okay, where is that again? And oh, yeah, you know, kind of get back on the homestead because it's like a, not a lot of work, but it's, it's well, like a it's lot. Of, it's spending a lot of plates, spending, juggling yeah, a lot of exactly spending a lot of plates, and so how do we? And then I think a lot of questions we get is how do we keep cool. We're very blessed to have an old house we with no ceilings that are what? What's the ceilings? 10? Yeah. 1917 yeah. house. Yeah, 10 it's foot ceilings. It's 100 years old. Yeah. Put another candle on the Yeah, it's <laughs> 10 foot ceilings, sweeping eaves, uh -huh. wide windows. So, Daylighting. yes, it does get hot, but when it's humid, it gets hot. Um, because it's not, you know, California shouldn't be humid. But we have a back door and a front door. And when it gets really hot, you open the front door and you open the back door and you create this cross current. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good so luckily we do have a house that we can live without AC and, and survive so it's for 30 years 30 years the dog complains a lot about it we have a fan we have a fan for him he actually the dog gets the fan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be fine I'm like I'm fine I saw it but the dog he gets the fan and he has his little chillo <laughs> that he that he lays on and um, and his ice water his ice water but then all, and then so that's how we keep cool in the house it's the house that helps with the eaves and it has a 10 foot ceilings and then and it then has a high, high attic, pitch high, high attic, attic so and we do have attic uh solar attic, attic fans and basement yeah okay. and then how do we uh health wise and beauty wise um you That's do another wear, episode yeah you want to wear hats in the sun because we don't use the sunscreen um that people use mm -hmm. but what we do use we do use a lot of oils on our skin mm -hmm. castor oil we're always oiling oil, oil. Mm -hmm. uh Almond oil, oil, coconut oil, castor oil. Yeah, we'll, we'll always, like, that's pretty much, at least for the guards, I won't speak for Justin. He wears a hat all the time, but mm -hmm. uh, we put a lot of oils on our skin and face, and that's, like, my morning regimen and my evening regimen is always to just oil up, and that, I didn't really pay attention, but they said that's, a, like, a natural sunscreen. Mm -hmm. You definitely don't want to go out there and be toasty and burnt, mm -hmm. but if you're out and working a bit mm -hmm. and you're out, you want to oil up, yeah. and that's what... Speaking of hats, we do have really brand new cool Urban Homestead logo hats. Which on Zazzle.com. <laughs> and you can see him right here on the podcast. Yeah, Justin Brandon right now. You can take a look. He looks really that. handsome in it. But we'll see. I think that I, I did post enough pictures okay. on Facebook and Instagram. Hopefully, I might post again. Everybody everybody commented. They said, and a, lot, a couple of people commented they, they about your man hands or garden hands or farmer hands yay man hands <laughs> oh, we man. love man hands <laughs> uh, and uh, and then so yeah the beauty world we'll hopefully do we'll a, a, yeah, hopefully, we'll hopefully do a whole new, just an episode women on only a, women only Justin will be banished <laughs> happily he said <laughs> um, so that means on the flip side he's going to have to do a man only yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take a rain check on that one. Yeah. So, and then, okay. Opportunity. So, what are we looking forward to? So, we're looking at 4th of July. We're going to have a gathering with yeah. family and friends. Uh, uh, yeah, potluck. Then we can see the fireworks from our backyard, thanks the to the Rose Bowl. 
courtesy fireworks, yeah, free courtesy, <laughs> free fireworks show courtesy Rose Bowl. Um, and then yeah. we have home improvements we got to do, garden improvements, homestead improvements. There's a, a whole to-do list that we look at every day as we pass. Um, and of course the future, so we're trying to still figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Justin, what's Justin's question? Number one question when he comes in? Or when we you see it out yet? You figured it out yet? It's funny. I mean, well, it's not funny. It's. And um, what do I say? Nope. <laughs> People have asked that. The lot that the they say. What do you? Um, it's it's a hard question to answer. What are you gonna do? I, I don't know. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, there should be some big old red light, the green light that tells you what to do. But I've always yeah. said life should come with a soundtrack. Yeah. What's this? What's your soundtrack? No, it's to tell you what to do. Yeah. Okay. We're we're still on the Mumford and Sons kick. We just we were blessed and gifted with uh, three um, VIP tickets to the Royal Seiko music weekend. weekend, and we got the the Sunday. We didn't get the whole weekend, but hey, we're taking and planning and not complaining because we got to see Mumford and Sons live, and they were amazing. Um, Mark really is, good lyrics and stuff. Oh yeah, he's very lyrical. He's, yeah, very powerful lyrics, very deep. Oh, if you it? get a chance to see him live, see him live. Yeah, he was a kick. Yeah. We it enjoyed great. it. It was a great it was night. Great. It was a great night. Magical in on in Pasadena with the a mountains in the night, back. Yeah. Couldn't ask for it. And crowd was great. And As they family they're family. trying it. The Pasadena's trying this was the first and hopefully not the last. Yeah. And it was great. It had great reward. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like we walked five minutes, five no minutes traffic. from the homestead. Yeah. We walked there and walked back. I mean, that's... It was in your backyard. It was literally in our backyard, so... It was a good break. It was a good break, and, and it was and nice. The price was right. <laughs> the price was right. Free. Hey, but hey, you know what? We ran into so many people that we knew. It was pretty... And we were just in one little small section. It was like, hey, there... It's like, wow, small world. So, I think Justin's comment... He's like, should I get sunglasses so people don't see me? No. <laughs> <laughs> he was I like, I don't know if I want to talk to people. I, <laughs> I think he said that. He's like, I'm not willing to talk to people. Well, you're now. wearing the hat, so well, now you can't little, hide. I was a little, we'll take little, it back. little what? Claustrophobic with all the people. <laughs> <laughs> so close together. No, no. just <laughs> keep my distance. <laughs> just a little bit. Too many people in too small an area. Oh, they were me. all there. It was a very nice crowd. It was very family friendly. Lots of kids, and so that was nice. And that was thanks. So, and then, um, yeah. And then, then coming up, we'll, we're going to interview our um, Karen, our bread lady, which uh, is uh, that Gabriel. delivers our our bread uh, for our farm box program. We'll talk about sourdough, and we love sourdough bread. So we'll talk about is she that. Going to have a class coming up. I hope maybe we'll have a class. So, like I said, we're starting hot. getting back in the class and uh, kind of getting in my head of like. I don't think she's going to do a class that pulls down. Yeah, probably won't close down. But um, yeah, and so we have some things upcoming, and we'll see, we'll see that, and uh, maybe something with organic pastures again. Um, we really loved him, and his family was really a nice, uh, just like farm family to farm family. You know, the passion of, of both our families was, and his and his his passion and our passion, and and um, it was really nice and. Really, it was really amazing having him on the podcast. So, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that coming up, and yeah, it's a lot of things. So we'll be posting that more on Facebook. Um, all the good things that are coming up. 
And uh, so that's a wrap, I think. Um, so next time, thanks for tuning in. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, oh, oh. help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. The Urban Homestead theme song was written and recorded by Tom Fair. Thanks, Tom. We've come to the end of this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in again. Until next time, this is Anise, Justin, Jordan. Keep, Keep on growing. Oh, 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 help the garden grow. Sing it. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. Oh, 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 help the garden grow. Sing it. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. Remember to follow us on our website, urbanhomestead.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We love to hear your feedback. And if you'd like to become a podcast patron, go to urbanhomestead.org forward slash podcast.